0: Thank you for joining us today for Only God Rescued Me, My Journey from Satanic Ritual Abuse. I want to thank everybody who has been supporting this podcast and listening and praying and sending me your support and your encouragement along the way. If you would like to support this co- podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash onlygod, and you can uh, buy coffees there for $5 Or at the last Wednesday of every month for $10, I have a question and answer session if you would like to get in on that. Also, you can go to Anchor or Spotify and sign up $5.99 for a subscription to Lisa's World where I will be going into more intimate details of my life and my story and my journey and, and where I am today. So you can start an account there. It'll take you, I think, 24 hours once you open your subscription for it to become available. And I just want to let you know that that's out there. And I appreciate all of you. Please hit subscribe if you get a chance. Have a good day. Hello, welcome to Only God Rescued Me, my journey from satanic ritual abuse. I'm Lisa Meister. We have RR coming back with us today, and she has an experience in the LGBTQ community, which we haven't talked about really on this podcast before. We have had some survivors who have been in it, and I wanted to just really uh, bring it up today so that we can get some understanding and some compassion and see where God is on all of this. So welcome, RR.
1: Thank you for having me back, Lisa.
0: You mentioned in your interview, and if you haven't heard her interview, please go back and watch that before you come back and listen to this one but that you were in the LGBTQ community, but can you tell us as a kid, did you recognize some of those feelings as a child?
1: I did. And it was actually a very traumatizing for me as a kid, having those emotions and desires and knowing that it was bad, it was a sin, but how do I get rid of it? Um, Very clear memory etched in my brain growing up was when I was baptized at eight years old Um, and we had talked in the last interview about being raised Mormon so at eight years old I was baptized Mormon and on the way to the baptism my mom was very excited this was kind of like my day I was the center of attention there was family from out of town it was a big deal and it was the first time in my life I'd been a big deal so I had some extra courage and I asked my mom mom what is gay and her response is, where did you hear that? What TV shows are you watching? You know, are you watching shows you're not supposed to? And I'm going, no, just the reruns that you allow us to watch. And she goes, oh, I was so worried this was gonna come up one day. They're awful, awful people. They're so evil. No politician has the courage to put them all in a camp and let them die off fornicating amongst themselves. And she just went on this tangent and I'm like, watching the clock and going, okay, we're almost to the church. We're almost to the church. We're almost to the church and this will stop. What, how do I get myself out of this? I can remember that thought. How do I get myself out of this conversation? And I can remember praying, God, please take the gay away. And when I get baptized, please take the gay away when I get baptized. And I can remember coming up out of the water because they do baptisms by immersion. And so I can remember coming out of the water and there's my best friend that was a neighbor and lived near me. There's my best friend. And I had this fantasy of marrying her one day and I came up out of the water. She's the first face I see. And I still had that fantasy of wanting to marry her one day. And I knew that the water didn't work for me. And I was devastated. I can remember that devastation so clearly of the water must not work for me.
0: Wow. So you were eight. How old were you? Do you think when those feelings started, was it that point or was it earlier?
1: I recognized by kindergarten that I looked at the girls differently than the boys. It's a little harder because I was only in kindergarten for a short amount of time and then I was homeschooled till second grade. And so, but I can remember being five years old in kindergarten and recognizing that I looked at the girls differently than I looked at the boys.
0: So pretty young then. Yes. When did you get to the place where you started identifying as gay? It
1: was actually during um, high school. I could identify to myself. I would not tell anyone else. And that was part of why I was so willing when my parents said, this is who you're marrying, that I married my ex-husband because I was trying so hard to be straight and so in that marriage, with as much abuse as there was in that marriage from him, by the final three years of that marriage, I identified as gay. I told my ex-husband I was gay. I was just trying to be a good, uh, a good Mormon and not be gay. And so um, I wasn't an active Mormon anymore, but I was trying to be a good one and not be gay. And so, <laughs> um, and so that was why I was staying in our marriage. And then when it just got to a point where it was too violent for me to stay anymore um, and I left when our, there was some really intense manipulations to make sure that our children stayed with him from my family, from my own family, stayed with him to be raised in the Mormon cult. And so when that happened, I can remember that moment and going, well, God, you must hate me because I'm gay. And so I've lost my kids. I've tried so hard to be straight. I've done my best. I've got nothing left. And I absolutely turned from him and what any last shred I had of a desire to walk with him. And I came out and I started dating a woman.
0: How old were you then?
1: I was 26.
0: So what did you learn while you were in this lifestyle? Mm.
1: A lot. One, I felt safe and accepted because everyone had a story of trauma like mine. Um, Everyone had a story of trauma like mine, maybe not, you know, as extensive. I had memories of being molested by a grandfather. And I had the stories of just a very broken family dynamic. Everyone had those stories. I have, I, I hate to use this term, but I don't know another one. I've yet to meet that unicorn of an individual in the LGBT community that's not been abused, that's not been hurt, that's not traumatized. And I, looking back now, can see many of them. Many of them in the LGBT community, especially in larger cities that moved from small towns, are SRA survivors. And I feel like, from my experience, that homosexuality—who this takes some courage to say because this is going to irritate some people—I feel like homosexuality is a programming aspect of satanic ritual abuse.
0: Oh wow. I had not heard that before, but it makes sense. Mm -hmm. How did you get out of it? Only God. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So while I was still living in New England and he was ministering to me one on one, there was one night, um, you know, I always woke up excited for life again. But there was one morning I woke myself up from a dream and I was angry. And I was angry that in the dream, I was not angry. And the, in the dream, I was in Augusta, um, Augusta Georgia, um, and seeing a testimony of, of someone who had been a part of the LGBT community and had stepped away from it and had said that I'm just going to stop asking questions and follow God and let him answer them instead of listening to everyone else so I have this dream of hearing this woman's testimony and I'm going why would I ever be there what's going on um this that and the other and I was angry well then I end up um hearing this testimony in real life and walking through every bit of that dream every single piece of it I walked through and um And this individual is a very dear friend of mine now. And uh, we were just starting to be friends. And the night before going to hear her testimony, it had been just a random sort of circumstance that had gotten me to, to know about it and know I was going. And she called me and she said, I just want to talk to you because I know where you're at and we're friends. And I want you to know what my testimony holds because I used to be, a lesbian and have gender identity issues. So at this point I was using my name again. Um, I wasn't using a masculine name, but I still wore men's clothes. I still had the short hair. Uh, I still had kind of the practice swag swans saunter kind of, of walk that I used. And I had a very masculine voice. I never took testosterone. Um, I was never physically well enough to, But I would practice this very deep tone that I would talk in all day long. I mean, you can't even get there now. I'm so grateful for that. But I heard her testimony, except in the dream, I could not see her face. And in real life, I could. And it was God witnessing to me. You know, I'd had this walk now that I knew he loved me. But now he was calling me to walk in righteousness and holiness with him. And so a few months later after a good bit of a wrestle, because at the same time I'm going, I'd get in prayer, I get my prayer closet. And by then I was having about an hour in the mornings of prayer and I'd be going, God, I'm gay. You know, I'm gay. I'm gay. Why do you love me? And it was this huge, it was this huge wrestle to get out of the community because it was so ingrained in my identity. And the lie that had kept me chained down for so long was that God hated me, that God needed something to hate. And so he made me and he made me gay. And the very unfortunate thing is that lie is very common in the LGBT community because of counterfeit creatures.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of uh, hate thrown at the homosexual community through the Christian church. Yes. The church has sad.
1: failed. The church yeah. has failed. Um, one question I've asked Holy Spirit is going, Lord, why me? Not in a like, why me pity party kind of way, but in a like, why me? Why did I survive so much? What giftings have you given me? And he said very clearly, um, the church refused to answer the call to minister to the LGBT community. So I built you. Wow. Um, And I saw like a phone ringing that no one would answer. We see homosexuality as a sin instead of as a wound. Right. And that's where the problem is, is the church one has walked away from healing ministries or from ministry to begin with. And it's become a Sunday morning affair instead of a dedicated walk. And I talk a lot about this in my book and my blog of, of really kind of, a lot in my blog of calling the church to task. I do a lot of that in my blog of calling the church to task, not just have they failed the LGBT community, but they've just failed. And, and you know the whys of that aren't as important today because it's what do we do now? And we all go back to prayer.
0: Should people get out of the LGBTQ community?
1: That's a very sensitive question to answer. And I want to make sure I do so tactfully. Um, You know, I consider myself still an ally to the LGBT community because I know how wounded they are. Um, I would encourage anyone, anyone, if you don't have the answers, you don't have to get them from anyone but God, but you cannot find those answers. One, if you're not willing to, and two, if you're not willing to be celibate to get those answers. And you cannot heal from trauma in a sexually active relationship. So I left the LGBT community because Holy Spirit told me to, because God told me to. God delivered me from it. However, my heart is still for that community because there is no one, no one more traumatized and ostracized in our community than the LGBT. No one goes, you know, no one goes on the registry of sex offenders to find out who all the sex offenders are. But we make a parade of coming out. The world's come in, and we make a parade of coming out so everyone knows, well, I'm gay, or I'm trans, or I'm gender and all these different terms. No, I am a child of the most high God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I did not know that what I do today and to be honest there are still moments that I struggle with temptation but I know the word well enough now to speak the word over that temptation and know that God does not tempt me he provides an escape and so I can just turn my gaze back to the cross and escape the temptation um you know they're But there are lessons the church could learn from the LGBT community about acceptance, about meeting people where they're at. You know, Jesus called everyone to repent, but the law he taught was love.
0: Where are you now in your emotions as compared when you were in the LGBTQ community?
1: Could you... I'm not sure I understand what you're asking.
0: Emotionally, are you in a different place than you were there?
1: Oh, I have so much freedom compared to then. I didn't realize. um, So one of the convictions God gave me to continue my healing. So I'd repented of LGBT. I'd repented of same-sex attraction. I'd repented of gender confusion um, and misgendering myself. I'd claimed my identity as a daughter, but I had no deliverance or inner healing, really, uh, except minimally in my own prayer closet. And um, he took me, he, he was showing me kind of his calling on me and building that in me and, and building that foundation of why he was going to work so quickly in my healing so that others knew that he could work just as quickly in their healing as well. Um, but... I was still arguing with him a bit about the gay and I went, "God, I'm just going to I'm no, I'm going to prove your care I'm going to I'm going to prove your character to you, God. I'm going to go read Genesis about Sodom and Gomorrah and show you." And instead, he said, "Don't you dare go read Isaiah." And he showed me an Isaiah where trauma had become an idol to me because I was acting from those wounds rather than acting from my identity and authority as a daughter of God. Wow. And so Can you say that one
0: more time? Because I think that's really important.
1: So Holy Spirit showed me in reading Isaiah that I was acting in idolatry because of my trauma responses, that trauma had become an idol and that I was walking in idolatry from trauma rather than walking in authority and identity as a daughter of God.
0: Wow, that's powerful.
1: And then he let me go read the story of transformation of Abram to Abraham and Sariah to Sarah. And he showed me from the perspective of Sarah. And I'll just say that was beautiful when God, when Holy Spirit opens the word up and shows you something from a different angle. That's a completely different experience emotionally than I ever had in the LGBT community. I can remember the emotions of dancing on the state courthouse steps when the Supreme Court legalized gay marriage. And I can remember my emotions that day and I cheered and I waved a rainbow flag and I was just, yes, I finally have the legal rights as an American citizen. The freedom I have today as a daughter of God, the authority I walk in today through Jesus Christ as a daughter of God, the holiness that I have in my life today because Jesus Christ died for me is better than any stamp I could get on a passport to say I'm an American and the church needs to figure that out too.
0: Right. Does God hate homosexuals?
1: No, no, because God can see the wound separate from the individual and he doesn't see sin. Cause see, God already knows she's going to repent. God already knows who's going to repent, who's going to turn to him, who's going to be a warrior, who's going to be a servant, what their calling is. And he knows when that individual is going to turn. So he's looking at everyone through the blood of Jesus. Now, this is my perspective. So he's looking at everyone through the blood of Jesus. So he sees the wound he wants to heal and he sees his lost child and he is going to rescue the LGBT community. I feel very strongly That the men, the gay men of America, when they know how much God loves them, that they would chase him more than anything else. Just like he's done in my heart. When the gay men turn to follow the father through Jesus Christ. They are going to be the King Davids of never before to guard the fold. Because there is no one, there is no one in America more rejected than the gay men and the trans women of America.
0: Did God make them that way?
1: No, no. And the answer that the question generally asked after that, well, if not, then why have I always felt this way? The enemy knows enough about us to recognize when a warrior is born. And he can see in the spiritual realms in ways that we cannot. And he has access to the spiritual realms in ways that we do with Holy Spirit. However, that's temptation. And for many that have been so wounded at such a young age, if sin is introduced to a young child, if they're grown up in a family that's broken, there are so many complicating mitigating factors that all come back to trauma and god doesn't cause trauma that's all of the devil that's all satan but it's okay if you haven't had answers yet and those questions because it's such a complicated answer as to how am i gay why am i gay that's a very very complicated answer That is truly individual. Why one thing would be more of a temptation for some than others. But the answers that you seek are going to be in prayer and getting in the word. And if, you know, I'd love to see a church that would be willing to baptize someone that says, I don't have any answers, but I'm committed to the Lord. And I'm coming from the LGBT community, but I'm committed to the Lord. And I commit to be celibate until I find my answers. I would love to see churches be willing to baptize those individuals.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So if somebody is in the community today and listening to this and they're feeling their heart tugged, Mm -hmm. where do they start?
1: In John. Start in the Gospel of John. Find the love of the Lord. And then go to Matthew, and then go to Mark, go to Luke, and go back to John. And if ever you read something that makes that shame come back up, if ever you read something that doesn't make sense, go back to John until what you were reading makes sense. Because we should be looking, we should be reading the Bible through the filter of love, and that is best displayed through John.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. Is there anything else you would like to say?
1: Um, I just, I know there's someone watching right now that you're offended. How dare she say that? I understand because I would have been offended three years ago listening to this. God put people around me that were so loving and gentle that no one had answers. No one told me what to repent of. They just pointed me back to prayer. And so I've shared a testimony and I've shared my experience. And I hope that you would choose for that to become your testimony and your experience. But if I've offended you, please go to prayer. And know that I say this with as much love as I can, because I too was once as
0: lost. Thank you. Thank you so much, R.R. And Thank God you, bless Lisa. you, And I Thank just, you. Again, just love your heart and all the healing <laughs> that you have. So thanks it's for sharing it. It's been
1: a huge miracle that he's done. Thank you so much for letting me share.
0: Oh, you're welcome.
2: You know, we've got to keep the Luciferian kingdom shaking, increasing, and keep them on the run. So every day and with your friends who know Christ, let's uh, believe that we, Jesus is our Lord and Savior, we believe the Bible that says we are seated in Christ Jesus at the right hand of the Father, and from this position in Christ, speaking as one under the unction of the Holy Spirit, let's keep up these declarations and decrees, so let's do this together as one now, and repeat after me, from where we are seated in Christ Jesus.
0: From where we are seated in Christ Jesus.
2: At the right hand of the Father.
0: At the right hand of the Father.
2: The Lord God Almighty says.
0: The Lord God Almighty says.
2: The time is come.
0: The time is come.
2: For the Luciferian kingdom to be shaken.
0: For the Luciferian kingdom to be shaken.
2: We decree together.
0: We decree together.
2: Let the great shaking.
0: Let the great shaking Of all who worship Lucifer, begin. Of all who worship Lucifer, begin.
2: Your And we say unto the kingdom of darkness.
0: And we say unto the kingdom of darkness.
2: Your sorceries and sacrifices.
0: Your sorceries and sacrifices. Will
2: not help you.
0: Will not help you.
2: Your protection is removed. Your protection is removed. The shaking of the Luciferian kingdom increases.
0: The shaking of the Luciferian kingdom increases.
2: And keeps increasing in the days ahead.
0: And keeps increasing in the days ahead.
2: In the mighty name of Jesus Christ.
0: In the mighty name of Jesus Christ.
2: The son of the living God.
0: The son of the living God. Amen. Amen.
2: It's done. Amen.